This episode of The Table Podcast is brought to you by Southern Fusion Barbecue Sauce. You can pick up some of that spicy Southern sweetness at southernfusionbbq.com. Taking a biblical look. Taking a biblical look at everything. You're listening, listening, listening to the table, table, to the table podcast. If you're listening to this, I just want to go ahead and congratulate you because we are here. Today is the day that it all begins. We have football. Well, officially it started last weekend, but really, who counts week zero? And we've had high school football for like two weeks now. But but this weekend is when it begins. Today is when it begins. You got the Thursday night game between Florida and Utah, or Utah State. Excuse no, Utah. Man, I need to get my uh, schools on the on the West Coast there uh, figured out here. But tonight is when it all starts. Really excited about it. And this is one of those episodes where um, did this last year. Um, didn't fare too well. Well, actually, I, I'd, I'd really need to go back and listen to it and see. But I, I had Ohio State as my national champion. Um, but Georgia, um, and, and, and in all honesty, I am i don't want to make my Georgia fans and my Georgia friends mad here. Um, but the crucial moment in which y'all won the national championship is when y'all took Marvin Harrison Jr. Jr. out of the game. All oh, that's SEC football. It's football. It was a tough hit, period. Um, and at that level, you're going to get those tough hits, and I understand that. But Marvin Harrison would have put that game on his back and won it. I get it. Ifs and buts. Candy's nuts. Georgia ended up being the national champion. Can't take that away from you, <laughs> at least for now. Um, you guys got a little heat turning up on you um, down there in Athens with uh, some allegations and how Kirby Smart's running his program. But I'm going to digress from that. Um and and we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We got a lot a lot of stuff here to talk about. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk about Clemson. I'm excited to talk about Carolina. I'm going to give you win predictions for both. Uh, we're going to walk through the week one slate. Uh, we're going to talk about the annual matchups that we're going to see some of the biggest games of the year. Uh, we're going to kind of walk through the top ten, the AP top ten, and I'm going to kind of say, hey, agree, disagree, talk about commentary there, see where they're going to end up, maybe, maybe not. Um, also going to give you my Heisman top four, uh, my playoff contenders. And, of course, uh, well, along with the Heisman top four, I'm going to give you my Heisman winner, my, my initial pick, um, and then my playoff contenders, and eventually then we're going to round out everything with a national champion. Um, so super excited. I love college football just for um, – just for the fact that it's college football. Um, and, and like I've said several times before, growing up in the South, you, uh, you had no other football. Like before the Falcons showed up in Atlanta back in the 60s and 70s, would, there was no – I mean, you had the Dolphins, of course, but that's like South Florida. So there was really not a, a team that was, was in this area that was – you know, the Panthers didn't come along until 95, 96. So all we had was, was our college teams. And so that is why when you come to the South and you see college football and, and it is a literal cultural shift, this t- culture shift this time of year. Um, and it's kind of funny because uh, McKenna and I were talking about just the fall in general the other day. And, and, and it's been a common debate in our house. Um, you know, I, I just I can't um, I can't deal with. Um, you know, basically getting home from our, our vacation and McKenna, she wants to put up the, she wants to put up the, um, the, the fall decorations. I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't smell pumpkin spice in the middle of a hundred degree weather in August. It's, it's just something that I, I, I just can't do. And so, um, it, it's been a, it, it's been an ongoing, uh, conversation as to, Hey, what, uh, when, <laughs> when is it okay for McKenna to put up uh, fall decorations? And finally, just in the, in the conversation, I said, you know, it'd be cool 
is somehow if if everything worked in a way to where um, we knew when fall was coming and we knew that the, the transition from cold weather or, or hot weather to cold weather was going to be official. Um, because here in the south you have what's called fake fall. And I think we're just about to go on the edge of fake fall. And then we're going to warm up a little bit. We may, may not. But usually we have something called fake fall where we get a little taste of fall. And then it is uh, back to the scorching summer heat for a couple more weeks. And then it's a slow progression. And maybe, just maybe, it might be in the lower 50s by the time Christmas gets here. Um, so, But that's the south. That's how it goes. We're, you know, I, I love the area that we live in. But um, that's how it goes. So we, we kind of said, I was like, hey, not, can we, can we, can you wait for me till like the first day of officially fall and then you can put up the decorations and break out the pumpkin spice lattes and all that other stuff. So, um, but one of the things that marks the beginning of fall, uh, is college football. We love college football. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a family thing. It's, it's a cultural thing in the South. You know, you see people that have their American flags, you know, on their on their house. You've got, uh, you know, Fourth of July and then you go into Labor Day and and then right around Labor Day, you see that American flag change to the official team logo or the official team that the family supports. So I'm guilty of it. I've got a Clemson flag that I fly. Uh, in the front of my house, I'm just excited about this year. I love college football, and actually tonight we're going to be uh, the fantasy league that I'm in and have been in for probably 12 years now. We're going to be drafting tonight. Super excited about that. Um, don't know what's going to come of that. Hopefully, I can get a couple of good players, uh, especially some of the players. I would love to have some of the players that we're going to be talking about um, today. But um, yeah, we're going to just kind of walk through and talk about. You're going to hear kind of my hot takes on college football for about the next. You know, 45 minutes or so. Going to try to make it, you know, short and concise and sweet. But, um, you know, going to start right out of the gate. Of course, this is South Carolina. So the biggest two teams in South Carolina are Clemson and Coastal Carolina. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, Clemson and South Carolina. Last year, South Carolina got it. 31-30 uh, in Death Valley. Um, still a very frustrating game for me as a Clemson fan to think about. Um, that was a game that was very, very attainable if we hadn't played, tried to play the schoolyard stuff. And um, if if Brandon Streeter hadn't tried to uh, pull some stuff out of, out of his hat to try to keep his job, um, we may have won that game. And I get it. Carolina fans, ifs and buts, candies and nuts. Y'all want it, thirty-one thirty. Not gonna, not gonna take that away from you. Um, but the, the the thing that hurt us the most in that game was the fact that we did not run the ball. That we did not put it on the shoulders of Phil Moffa and Will Shipley, or Will Shipley and Phil Moffa, whoever, um, whoever you, you you know can argue against. Um, but it is what it is. And then we you know went and won the ACC championship, which was good. It was a great, uh, great. Great confidence booster for Kay Klubnik, and it was a nice little preview to see what is to come. Uh, you know, Clemson's going to have a healthy wide receiving core this year. Uh, excited about that. Excited to see what Kay Klubnik can can do. Uh, you know, seen some pictures of Cade, and he's beefed up a little bit. Um, so it, it's kind of a show me thing. And um, you know, the whole college football world is on notice because uh, Dabo quit playing nice, and um, you know, quit trying to uh, you know cater to his homeboys and, and keep it in-house. And he said, no, I'm going to go get uh, the best available offensive coordinator in the game. And he went and got Garrett Riley. And um, so 
Uh, Garrett Riley is going to uh, – fun football, fun offensive football is going to be back at Clemson this year. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked for me to go, man, national championship, blah, 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 all this other stuff. I think there's a lot more that's got to develop and take place for me to really kind of throw that confidence behind this team. Um, so, But we're going to start out here. And, and, of course, with South Carolina, Shane Beamer's got his thing going down there. Um, defensively, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, y'all are going to have uh, – the more and more I think about South Carolina's team, the more and more I think about that y'all are going to just have to get into a shootout with, with whoever y'all beat. Now, you got a good quarterback to get in a shootout with – if he has the confidence and that what I'm talking about is the difference between Spencer Rattler playing Missouri last year and Spencer Rattler playing Tennessee and Clemson last year that's it felt like two polar opposite quarterbacks and now a lot of you Carolina fans and this is kind of why I wanted to get some some other people on this podcast but it just didn't work out but whatever and now a lot of you Carolina fans may say hey it was xyz but there's there's still that potential of which Spencer Rattler is going to show up is he a good quarterback when he's hot absolutely and when he's in the right mindset and he's he's on his game Spencer Rattler is one of the best quarterbacks in the country i will i will give you that the the hard thing about it is though is to to and 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 I'll go ahead and say this, Carolina fans, y'all have got one of the toughest schedules that I, I'm, I've looked at. It's a tough schedule, uh, debatable on the toughest schedule. Um, but you know, and of course, y'all, please, 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 spare me, spare me the whole chest thumping SEC thing, um, because I've I've got some. I've got a, a guy that I follow actually on TikTok. He's got he's a guy by the name of Rico Knows, and I'm going to play a video about that whole SEC mentality. I'm going to offer some commentary on that, and, and it'll probably trigger a lot of you, and I'll probably I'll probably hear it. Oh, well, yeah, just wait and, and just hear us out because um, there's – there's a lot of propaganda being thrown y'all's way. And I know I can hear your eyes rolling right now. I get it. You know, hard to admit this, but really, let's be honest, there's only about two or three teams consistently that offer anything out of that conference. Same can be said for the ACC, too. I'm not arguing conferences, who's the strongest conference or anything like that. I'm, I'm arguing probably against this mentality of that, well, just because the teams in the SEC, they've gone through the gauntlet, they've gone through the tough schedule, all the land, all, 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 all this other stuff. Anyway, uh, it's just a, it's an old argument, and it's very fatigued. And, and I think um, this guy, Rico, knows off of TikTok, he, he, can, he, he puts it into great perspective because this guy does know his stuff. He has done his research, and he knows what he's talking about. Anyway, I'm going to digress on that. Um, and if you're still listening, thank you. Hey, don't don't shut me out too much. But what I'm going to do is is we're going to walk through. We're going to walk through Clemson's schedule. Of course, I, I'm going to go with Clemson first. Y'all know this because I'm a Clemson fan. I'm a Clemson fan, and y'all just y'all are just going to have to deal with it. I'm sorry. Um, and and but I think after the past two years of having to deal with this lackluster, sputtering anemic offense Clemson's got a lot of questions to be answered who's going to be the wide receiver to step up our backfield hey I'm good with our backfield I'm not going to put money on the fact that and here's the thing too Clemson Clemson fans y'all may disagree with me on this one but whatever um Clemson does not have the best backfield in the country is it one of the top five absolutely 
Uh, I think the best backfield in the country belongs to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Um, those two fellows up there are unstoppable. But anyway, this is about Clemson here. Um, so there, there's a lot of questions. Once again, I, you know, I think it's positive that Cade Klubnick has beefed up. I think there's a great thing going on with Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick that, that Garrett tried to recruit uh, Cade to the SMU. He's a Texas boy. Garrett Riley spent a lot of time in Texas uh, from SMU to TCU, and, and the statistics are there with the quarterback production. The past three years, um, Garrett Riley has shown that overall improvement of a quarterback, that he, any quarterback that he's worked with, I think from Tanner Mordecai to even Cade Clement uh, and, and, and Max Duggan last year, he's shown significant improvement with these guys once he started working with them. So there is a lot of question marks with the offense with 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 uh, with Clemson, but I think it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be fun to watch Clemson football again. We're going to have some tough games, I'm going to be honest with you. There's there's two games on this schedule to where Clemson could very well be 10-2, and two. very well could be 10-2 and two and be, uh, you know, depending on how the ACC unfolds this year, could could be could back into the ACC championship again and play, uh, you know, Florida State. And the, the outcome of that game may be different. But um, – and I think that if that's the situation, a 10-2 Clemson team wins the ACC, that's going to pull the uh, ACC out of uh, contention for the playoff. So um, that's kind of a little preview as to what what may go down scenario wise with uh, the national championship and the playoffs this year. Um, in the last last year for the four, uh, we go to uh, was it twelve or sixteen next year, or is it? I think it's twelve. I think we're or is it eight? Anyway, the playoffs expanding in twenty twenty four. So um, this is the last year we're going to have this really debate um, and and save your breath because no three teams from the SEC deserve to get in. Sorry. There, this year, I think of all years, there's not going to be a clear third SEC team that can compete. It's it's either going to be uh, LSU is going to have two or more losses, Georgia is going to have two or more losses, or Alabama is going to have two or more losses. There's going to be a very clear cut. Um, I think you're going to get the four best in the final year of the 14 playoff. You're going to get the four best teams in college football in the end. So, um, but there's a lot to be factored there. Anyway. Um, getting ahead of myself. So Clemson's schedule. Clemson's schedule starting out. Man, um, we got Duke on on Labor Day night, uh, September fourth at eight p.m. Um, I, I I think Duke is a very formidable opponent there. I, it's not the Duke teams of old of you know, chalk it up, put a W on the board, and and go into Durham and and you know, score twenty eight and get out of there. Um, I don't think it's going to be that uh, simple. However. I do think that um, I think the last time I saw it, the spread was like 13, and and so I think it's going to be a, a serviceable uh, game for the Clemson uh, offense. Uh, you're going to see very vanilla, but uh, vanilla is going to get it done, and Clemson is going to cover cover the spread and uh, get out of Durham with a win there. Um, so then they have Charleston Southern at home. That's a uh, stretch your legs game, a warm up game, a cupcake if you will. Then we get Florida Atlantic. Now Florida Atlantic's no joke now. Uh, Florida Atlantic, I don't want to say no joke. Uh, Clemson's going to win it. But Florida Atlantic's one of those, uh, you know, lower-level sleeper teams because um, homeboy uh, – oh, gosh, who's the, who's, the, who's the coach over there? He used to be at Texas, uh, Tom Tom Herman. There we go, Tom Herman. Tom Herman, used, he's, he's the uh, coach at Florida Atlantic now. And so, uh, no, hold on, hold on. 
Let me let me correct myself here. Uh, nope, I think it is Tom Herman. I think it is Tom Herman. Um, so anyway, solid offense. If it is Herman coming from, you can't just sleep on it. That's gonna it's gonna force the defense for Clemson to be on its toes. So essentially, Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic with Tom Herman. That that that's gonna be the uh, get the kinks out games because Florida State's coming to town. Uh, they are in Death Valley. Uh, September 3rd, that uh, that just has all the makings of uh, game day. Uh, of course, they're going to be right there on Bowman Field and, and Florida State Clemson. Um, I think this is going to be the biggest Florida State Clemson has been in a long time. And Clemson's enjoyed a great winning streak, streak against Florida State. I believe that that, game is in, uh, that streak is in jeopardy this year. I believe that this very well could be a loss for Clemson. Um the fan side of me and the realistic side of me, I'm pushing and pulling. Um, I, I, I've told a lot of people this year, talking about Florida State, I've told a lot of people uh, that, that it has that feeling of uh, where Miami was a few years ago. Uh, not the, It was a few years after the turnover chain. Miami had, I think it was one of Cristobal's first years or maybe, yeah. Anyway, um, it genuinely was one of those situations where, um, Miami had a pretty decent team and one of the first teams that it had in a, in a very long time. Florida State feels very much like this team. Florida State feels very much like the team. Like they've got a couple of good wide receivers. I don't. I don't know specifically the names of them. On the outside, they could do very well. Could come into Death Valley and win. Now, I had a buddy of mine tell me, "Oh, Florida State's going to come in and win by by twenty one points." Nope. I think they they could win. It could very well be a, a game where Florida State wins, but it also could be a game where Clemson wins as well. Now, it's one of those situations where the the inverse could be applied to both teams to where uh, one one offense could be clicking on in such a way to where if the defense gets on its heels, you know, there could be the likelihood, there is a likelihood of it being a 21-point victory by either or team. Um, I don't think you can discount Clemson at the luxury of continuing to boost up the darlings of the ACC this year based on no merit whatsoever. Um, yes, Jordan Travis is good. Yes, he's got a couple of, uh, you know, as, as Mark Packer would put it, Frisbee catching dogs out there on the, on the outside for his wide receivers. He's got a good running back. Um, I, you got to wait and see on this one. And I think a lot will be answered when Florida State and LSU play the first week. Um, but I genuinely believe this being a toss-up um, that could very well be a rematch for the ACC champion. Okay, If Clemson loses this game, Katie bar the door because Florida State, you will not beat Clemson twice. Now, if you do beat Clemson twice, hats off to you. You deserve to be – you're going to be probably heading towards the national championship championship you're going to be in the playoff four i'll say that the acc champion is going to be either clemson uh clemson or florida state there's really just uh, don't 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 bring this north carolina stuff and drake may y'all don't have the defense to play uh play for the acc championship now um anyway so that kind of goes there i i just think i you know you're going to roll your eyes fandom all this other stuff but with that game being in death valley um, the Death Valley, the real Death Valley, the first Death Valley, and I'll digress at that. Um, I believe I'm going to give the edge to Clemson in that game. 
that's going to be a big win for the program. Garrett Riley's offense is – you're really going to see what Garrett Riley can do. Um, but but Florida State's going to go down swinging. It's, it's going to be a dog fight, if not probably one of the best games of the year. I actually have that in one of my biggest games of the year matchup. I, I think Clemson-Florida State is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Um, so that, that, you know, I, I think Clemson pulls it out just for the fact that, that it's going to be at home and Clemson's defense and, and where Clemson is strongest in their defense is their secondary right now before the season starts. We, we've got the most veteran experience in our secondary. Our linebackers alarm me a little bit, so that may bolster the running game. But our front four, even though we don't have a lot of depth there, our front four is going to be stout. And so – um, may force Jordan Travis into making some poor decisions as far as throwing goes and all that other stuff. There's a lot of factors, ifs and buts, candies and nuts. Just I can't wait for the ball to be spotted on September 23rd. Well, then it goes to uh, the Carrier Dome. The Tigers go to the Carrier Dome uh, in Syracuse. So September 30th. I hope. I hope that is not a stinking, a stinking Friday game because the ACC is bad for for a while there. The ACC was like super bad uh, in putting um, stinking three or four games on a Friday night just to bolster. So that's September 30th. No, it's going to be on a Saturday. So Saturday in the Carrier Dome, it'll probably be a 1 o'clock or 3.30 kickoff, and it'll, it'll it'll be a pesky game for Clemson, as it always is, in the Carrier Dome. And, and of course, Dino Babers always has his boys ready to play Clemson. It just That's just the way it is. Plus, on top of that, we will have just we're, – we're going to be healing up from the Florida State game, too. So um, it'll it'll be a it'll be a pesky game, but I think Clemson wins there. Uh, and then uh, you don't know about Wake Forest, but Wake Forest is coming to uh, Clemson and on October seventh. I think I think we get the win there. So uh, and then we go to Miami. Um, that'll be an interesting game. That'll be an interesting game. I don't think it's anything to worry about. I don't think really we've got anything to worry about until Notre Dame comes to Clemson on uh, on November 4th. I think that's got the potential to be another one of the biggest games of the year, too. Uh, just depends on how Notre Dame's playing at that point, who's healthy, who's not, what's happened to Clemson, all these factors that you can't. But as is, if if all rosters are still healthy and, and, and rolling, the thing that scares me is uh, Notre Dame's offensive line. And last year, they just absolutely rolled over us in South Bend. There was no way around it. That running game, just the defense was unprepared. Um, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope Wes Goodwin learned his lesson and got the, you know, that we'll be ready to play. Um, but, you know, they got Sam Hartman too. And and you really didn't see much about Notre Dame playing against Navy this uh, in week zero. So, so you just don't know. And so then we got, um, we've got Georgia Tech and then North Carolina comes to town and then we finish out. The uh, season going to the upside down cockroach at Williams Bryce and hearing that horrible, horrible song, um, the desert, whatever the that song is. Anyway, um, just absolutely atrocious. And the white towels will not be waving for victory. They'll be waving and surrender after Clemson takes out its aggression from last year on South Carolina. So I, I think uh, with, with Clemson, I think. 12-0 ACC champion is the ceiling, of course. Um, but I think it could very well – we could very well be 11-1, and 10-2 at the end of the year um, looking at the outside of the ACC championship as well. I hate to say that, but that that is – that's very realistic because we Notre Dame and Florida State are two formidable opponents. Um, 
Now, Notre Dame doesn't have much of an ACC complication. They're kind of in the ACC, but not in the ACC. Don't really get up, get what's going on there. Um, but they're, they're formidable opponents and uh, formidable opponents. Let me say that. Let me enunciate clearly. And so I think it's going to be good there. Um, so that's just – I think the 11-1 and one is the more realistic side for me. Um, a lot has to fall – a lot has to fall your way, um, as we know, if you're going to go 12-0. Um, South Carolina, South Carolina fans. I know, I know, I know. There's South Carolina fans that listen to this, and 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 really, I um, going to be honest with you. You guys got a tough schedule, tough, tough schedule. Um, but I, I think um, I, I think you guys with Shane Beamer, you're still re- rebuilding a program. You're still building a program. I don't say rebuilding. You're still building a program. The the, the Muschamp messed you guys up a lot, and there's there's a lot to be, um, uh, you know, worked out still. I, I I saw something the other day, like you guys th- through portal and graduate graduation, you guys are replacing like four, 12 to fourteen guys on your whole starting roster. That's got, that's tough to do. Yeah, you got Spencer Rattler. Yeah, you got some, you know, some guys that we don't. I personally haven't done a lot of research with Carolina football. I should have probably maybe done a little bit more, but there's a lot of factors going into this. So, um, however, September 2nd, Saturday at 7.30 p.m., y'all are going to be in, uh, you know, Carolina Panthers Stadium playing South Carolina, or South Carolina is going to be playing North Carolina. Drake May and the boys roll in. It's the Battle of the Carolinas been hyped up. Um, I really, really see two mirrored teams here. I really do. Um, you know, there's slight advantages to each, slight advantage. I, I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, and it could very well be the last man with the ball wins because both of you guys, just both Carolina teams have very little on defense. Now, I, I, if I'm wrong about this, I'll I'll say I'm wrong about it. I just, you know, when you're looking at this, I'm, I'm – I just I see a very frustrating game, <laughs> and that you know that could very well be a, a win for South Carolina, and and could set you guys up pretty well for the rest of the season. I think this is one if you're going to go above 500, and and I heard a guy the other day, uh, you know, I hate to cite the source, but through Barstool Sports, um, he made the statement of you guys are going to be chasing 500 all year, and I I I can I I agree with that. Because I think this Carolina, this game against North Carolina sets you guys up. If you lose, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to break six and six. If you win, it sets you up a little bit easier, a little bit uh, you know, better situation to grab seven and five. I think you know I wrote down here in my notes that that, that eight and five or eight and four, excuse me, eight and four, uh, is very attainable. But you got to win some games that 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 you know. Even I sitting here talking to you guys, y'all gonna have to win. Y'all gonna have to win against North Carolina. You, then, then you got Furman at home, so that's gonna be kind of the, the welcome home, the opening tailgate. You know, everything boiling hot in Columbia, South Carolina, and all that. That's gonna, you know, you gonna give Furman their money and send them on back to Greenville, um, and then y'all go to Athens. Oh my goodness! I hope y'all get out of there healthy. I really do. Now, this very well may be one of those years where Carolina goes into Athens and just – last time y'all were in Athens, y'all played lights out. Nope, that was the time before that. Never mind. Let me correct myself. Um, but 
let's just be honest, Carolina fans, y'all ain't going to go into South Carolina. South Carolina's not going to go into Athens and beat Georgia. Then you come back home, Mississippi State, I think that's a, a, a winnable game. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, uh, but it, once again, I think it's a game that can go uh, either way. And so you, you look at that game and you've got to get a Mississippi State. You've got to go in. They're, they're on your home turf. You've got to get them. You got to get that win. Once again, it's 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 a chasing five hundred situation, and for you guys to get above six and six and give Shane Beamer a good year at seven and five or or whatever. Um, so here here's the thing: you go, uh, you got Mississippi State at home, then you go to Tennessee. Can you do it? Yes. Is it realistic that you're gonna do it? No, I think you go back, you go up to to Neyland, and it, it could get ugly quick. I, I just don't think you, you're not fielding the team that you fielded last year. Yes, that gave you hope, and yes, there's always that opportunity, and yes, that's always that. that but looking at it on paper right now, Tennessee's going to get the win there. Then you come back. I think this is going to be one of the mid-tier games, and y'all probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but one of the mid-tier games of the SEC for the East. Um, like y'all, y'all gonna be fighting for third place here out of the East with Florida and South Carolina. I, Carol, guys, y'all could win that game. South Carolina could very well win that game, and I think I've got y'all down as winning that game because here's the thing, Carolina: the the stretch of Tennessee, South uh, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, and A and M. Once again, if y'all are gonna y'all are gonna break five hundred, you're gonna have to win two of those four games. That's a tough thing to do considering the history of how everything plays out. I think the thing that plays in your favor is Florida coming to South Carolina, coming to Williams-Brice, home game. Florida's – I'm not ready to throw the dumpster fire term on Florida, but they are just – Billy Napier ain't going to be there long, and they're going to be looking for somebody else. Um, so, uh, you know, South Carolina, I think you'll get the – I think you'll get the win against Florida – Going against Missouri, y'all, it's almost like on the flight to Columbia, Missouri, y'all forget who y'all are. Columbia, Missouri, I compared a lot to back during the Tommy Bowden years with Clemson. Columbia, Missouri is a lot like um, Boston College was during the Tommy Bowden years for Clemson. Or even more comparable right now, a lot like, um, it, it could be a lot like the Syracuse game with Dino Babers. It, it's just always this enigma of a game that you just don't know why and how they always play meh. So, it, it, you know, watch out because that game could really keep you all from going breaking 500. Uh, right now, I don't, just based on history, I can't give you guys the win with that because of how you all play in Columbia, Missouri. Y'all forget who you all are in Columbia, Missouri. Honestly, you do. Um, then South Carolina goes to A&M. Doesn't get any better. Actually, let me let me correct myself. Let me correct myself. Actually, I, I did the the win loss record. I'm going to correct myself here uh, on my. Um, I've got a little, uh, you know, where I marked on a piece of paper here. I I I marked you guys a winning in Columbia, Missouri. So there, it shows you how back and forth I am on this whole situation. And so you go to South Carolina, or South Carolina goes to Missouri, and then they come back home and then go out to A and M. Two road games that are halls from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I think this is a prove-it year for Jimbo Fisher and A&M. And at this point, um, he could 
really A&M could be waving the white flag here. Um, but I, I don't think so. I think A&M, Jimbo Fisher gives the A&M hopeful hope and uh, gets a contract extension worth a ridiculous amount, and they're loving him by the time the end of the year rolls around and, and Jimbo Fisher is going to be at, at, at A&M until he decides to retire because of this year. So um, I've got you down for a loss there. Then you got Jacksonville State. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. It'll It's winnable. It is a winnable game, and you probably are going to win it. You will win it, but but don't forget who's calling the shots for Jacksonville State as head coach right now, Mr. Rich Rodriguez. And I, I don't want to now. It, you know, y'all know the story with Rich Rod. So Rich Rod's a good offensive mind. I, do I think Jacksonville State's got the personnel to come on, come up and beat you guys? Probably not, but if I if I were to put an asterisk on y'all's schedule of a game that where things could go south really quick and just fall apart, maybe I don't know, but I think you get the win there. You win against Vanderbilt, and then you got Kentucky. You see, y'all are home through the whole month of November, which it bodes well for you guys, especially come November twenty fifth. Bodes bodes well for you guys come November twenty fifth because y'all are y'all haven't left. Y'all will not have left the state state of South Carolina uh, since October 28th. And so y'all got Jacksonville State at home, which y'all win. Beat Vanderbilt at home. Kentucky comes to South Carolina. I think that's a toss-up. I think Kentucky wins that game. Um, I think that's a loss for you guys. And, of course, uh, the revenge game. Uh, Clemson's coming coming to uh, Williams-Brice to reveal the, uh, the favorite color of a Carolina Gamecock, and that is the silver and concrete of your stadium seats. So, um, last time we were down there, it was a shutout, and, uh, well, I don't want to call it a shutout right now. I don't, I don't think it'll be a shutout. Those, those are few and far between, uh, but I think Clemson walks out of there with the W that, and getting back on track and, and starting another eight years of uh, torment for our, uh, our neighbors in Columbia, South Carolina. So, um, once again, Carolina, you guys are going to be chasing 500 all year. You guys are going to be chasing 500. Do I could could I see you guys going seven and five? Absolutely. You know you gotta you gotta go in and maybe beat a Missouri um, and and maybe get the win of Kentucky. You know things may go south with Clemson Carolina. It may be a better game than I realize. You, you've got to you've got to pull a win somewhere where we're, where I'm not giving you credit to win. Um, I don't think that's going to be in the area of Tennessee and Georgia. I think there is a big drop between. Uh, one and two in the East, and three in the rest of the field in, in the SEC East. So, um, uh, so uh, eight and five or eight and four is the ceiling. Six and six is the floor for you guys. Um, I, I, you know, I think Shane Beamer it would do him good to get an eight uh, eight and four year. Uh, more realistic, I think it'll fall. Um, uh, you know, depends on how how I read and what I read and what I look at on the six and six, seven and five. So, um, you can be mad at me if you want to, Carolyn fans. I, I'm just trying to be a little more realistic for you guys right there. Um, so, <laughs> the annual matchups that you want you want to look at, and I think that some that jump off the page to me automatically. Um, I think that Bama LSU game is going to be good, and and I think that that very well may be the uh, SEC champion right there. Uh, you know, Georgia, I'm not discounting what you guys are doing and what you guys have done. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's hard, and I discounted you last year, and, and, and here I am. I'm going to own up to it. I discounted you guys hard last year because it, it's going to be hard. It was going to be hard to repeat. It's always hard to repeat. It's even harder to go three in a row. Georgia, 
y'all's champions championships are just not going to be handed to you. And I think, is it doable? Yeah. But y'all going to have to vacate them. And that's all I'll say about that. I'm going to call my shot right now. Y'all going to have to vacate those championships. And you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about here in the coming months. It may not be during football season, but it, it, things are not looking good down in Athens, Georgia. Um, LSU and uh, FSU, that's, that's the game, you know, right here, right out of the gate. FSU, LSU. Um, I think Ohio State, Michigan has, has playoff implications. I think Clemson, Florida State has playoff implications. Um, and then I think the Texas-Bama game has playoff implications too. Um, you know, is it limited? But what about Notre Dame? I, the more and more I think about the Notre Dame game with it being as late in the season as it is, and it was late in the season last year for Clemson, and we went up in, into South Bend and got our tails kicked. Um, so I, I just I don't want to – I don't like to put a lot of faith in – in Notre Dame, so um, those those are the biggest matchups of the year. I, you know, as I look at it, man, you know that Bama LSU game and that Ohio State Michigan game may very well produce the national champion. Um, that's a little preview right there. Um, so it, I'm not all Clemson Homer, um, but you know that that's what we're looking at right there. Um, the week one matchups. I want to get to those two because the week one matchups are really actually pretty cool. Um, you know, you've had San Jose State and Southern Cal already play. You know that scrimmage and then Notre Dame and Navy. Um, you really you got vanilla for for both top top fifteen teams. Can't really tell much about it. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of a wait and see guy with Sam Hartman at, at Notre Dame. We'll see. But tomorrow night, um, well, actually tonight uh, is going to be uh, Florida and Utah, and they Florida is uh, has traveled to Salt Lake City, Utah, 8 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. That is the first game of the college football season. Um, man, I Florida, uh, I, I just don't. I, I think Utah is a little bit too good for you this year. Um, then Saturday, you got uh, 12 p.m. kickoff right out of the gate, East Carolina and Michigan. Michigan rolls. You got Virginia, Tennessee. Um, Colorado, one of the one of the interesting stories of the year right there. Colorado, Deion Sanders and, and his boys, the Colorado Buffaloes, looking to turn things around there. Um, I don't uh, – you know, they're not going to jump out of the gate and be world beaters. I'm going to watch that game to see what he can do um, because it, it – you know, all respect to historical black college – football and and the level of football that he was playing um it's a different level power five football but he knows power five football i do think it's interesting too just got to get this in on the floor state fans i do think this is interesting when he was uh deon sanders was in his presser this this week he he basically said um the the school you belong to is the school you graduated from and and he said i i graduated from an hbcu and and the lady the the lady that was doing the press conference was like no you're you're Florida State guy he's like no I graduate in it where you graduate from so that that's pretty funny um, you know but I know that Florida State would claim him in a heartbeat um, as a head coach if he comes a knocking and they ever find themselves in that situation anyway you got Colorado TCU 12 p.m. on Fox uh, on Saturday that'll be a fun one to watch um, you got Arkansas State and Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, Coach Brent Venables, uh, I think this is a do-or-die year for Coach V. 
Um, we'll see. I don't know if they're ready to get rid of him yet, but um, it will definitely turn the heat up on his seat if he does uh, just another average year. Um, of course, 12 p.m. FS1, Iowa, Iowa State, or Iowa, U- Utah State, excuse me. Uh, 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network Plus, uh, you got 22 Ole Miss uh, at Mercer. Now, here's the thing. Ole Miss has a running back. Ole Miss has a running back I'm really interested in watching, Quinshawn uh, Judkins. Um, I, I really think he's going to be interesting to watch there. So uh, I, I will probably tune in to watch that. And then Bo Nix begins his Heisman campaign uh, at 3 p.m. for the Pac-12. Uh, I think that's going to be on the Pac-12 network, wherever it's Apple or wherever they're being carried. They're playing Portland State. Uh, 3.30, CBS, Ohio State, and Indiana come out of the gate. Um, so that's interesting to see that. That's kind of weird to see that game as a 3.30 game on CBS. Wow, that's weird. Um, uh, 3.30 p.m., Boise State and Washington. Michael Penix Jr. Uh, starting his Heisman campaign as well for Washington. Keep, keep your eye on that guy. He, uh, he looks good. Texas and Rice, uh, 3.30 p.m. on uh, Fox. And then you got Notre Dame playing Tennessee State uh, back home. Uh, Wisconsin and Buff- or Wisconsin and Buffalo on FS1. UT Martin in Georgia. A little warm-up game for the dogs down in Athens. Um, then you got Nevada at USC. Always a fun little team to watch in Nevada. Uh, Southeast Missouri State. Um, and then Kansas, uh, New Mexico, and Texas A&M. Middle Tennessee and Alabama. West Virginia and Penn State. North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, and then on ESPNU, your final game of the day is going to be South Alabama. South Alabama, South Alabama, and Tulane. Watch out for Tulane now. Watch out for Tulane. They made some noise last year and uh, didn't uh, kind of prove themselves to hang a little uh, group of five that could hang with the Power Five. So, uh, be interesting to watch those guys there. Um, so that's your Saturday slate, and then Sunday we're going to have Oregon State uh, DJ Uyangalele suiting up for the Beavers uh, against San Jose State, and then of course 7:30 p.m. kickoff LSU Florida State. God, that game is going to be good. Camping World kickoff game. That's actually going to be in Orlando, Florida, Camping World Stadium. So um, hopefully the, hur- the hurricane and all that's out. Uh, and if I had mentioned that it was going to be in Tallahassee a few minutes ago, I was wrong. And then finally on Monday, Labor Day, September 4th, you've got uh, number nine Clemson at, uh, and Duke at Duke. Um, so be interesting, be uh, good to watch. Actually, the line is still 13. Uh, Over-under is 55 and a half. So um, that, there's going to be some points scored in that game is what they're saying. So um, be interesting to watch. Uh, excited to see the Tigers take the field again. College football is here. So now <clears throat> let's get to the AP Top 10. We'll do it real quick because, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and run through the whole thing. Um, you know, of course, got a lot of guys outside of the top 10. I'll, I'll run through them quick. Oh, let's start at the 25. You got Iowa, 25, 24, Tulane, Texas A&M at 23, Ole Miss. Now, this is the AP, the Associated Press poll. Uh, Ole Miss is at 22, North Carolina. I, Ole Miss and North Carolina are very two very similar teams, too. Um, just like I said, Ole Miss and South Carolina could, you know, debatable. Um Oklahoma, Wisconsin, uh, take up the 20 and 19 spot. Oregon State at 18. That's interesting, ranking Oregon State there at 18. Um, I'll, I'll be interested. I want DJ to succeed, man. I, I think he's an athlete. Um, signed a uh, contract with the L.A. Dodgers, or he was drafted by the L.A. Dodgers in this uh, past summer's Major League Baseball draft. So be interested to see what he does there. Uh, Texas Christian, TCU coming in at 17. 
Kansas State at 16, Oregon 15, Utah is uh, 14, Notre Dame 13. I think that's awfully high for Notre Dame. 12, Tennessee, not giving a lot of respect to Tennessee there. I think they are probably a better team. I would I would have put um, Tennessee above uh, Penn State, uh, Florida State, Clemson, Washington, and Texas, which are your uh, 11 through 7 teams right there. You got Texas at 11, Washington at uh, 10, Clemson at 9, Florida State at eight, uh, seven is Penn State. USC is six. The top five um, go as as follows: LSU, man. Uh, you know these top ten teams. I, I really think, um, man, there there's. I don't want to say there's a lot of peril, but I could really see probably I could see eleven. The top eleven teams could very well win. I'll go top 12. The, the top 12 of the AP right now could very well, any one of them could very well win the national champion championship. Now, before you roll your eyes, I get it. Clemson, for me, Clemson's got a lot to prove before I can put that little moniker or that stamp on them for the national championship. So, um, But the, the top five rounds out, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia. Now, I think a lot of this is posturing and propping up and, and helping uh, financial arguments to be made where all oh, the Big Ten and the SEC and all this junk, whatever. There, there's a guy, on, and, and I'll probably spare you the, the TikTok because I've got, I've got it locked and loaded right here. Uh, here's the thing. Basically, the essential argument, you know what? I'll let him do it. So um, this TikTok addresses a, a very popular SEC argument that I always hear. So I just want you to listen to it, and then we can go from there. <sighs> Crooked Letter says, the SEC is the toughest conference. That's why most years there are three teams from the SEC that could make the playoffs every year. No, this isn't true. While the statement itself, when you look at it, yes, most years there are three teams from the SEC vying for a playoff spot, theoretically. I don't think that's true. I think it's only two. But even if it was three, I need you to take a step back and identify how this is happening and why it's happening. So firstly, if you don't play nine conference games, this elevates everybody's win record. So because the SEC doesn't play that ninth game, they don't line up one more week and force half the teams in the conference to take a loss. Because that's what occurs when you play a ninth conference game. Everybody's got to play each other and the better teams will win and the worst teams will lose, right? Not every single time. Every now and then you'll have an upset, but we don't know because they don't do that. But I'd imagine any team in the SEC, this strong conference that you're talking about, on any given day... He takes and, like, basically calls y'all out on the argument. I think this is brilliant. I, I love this argument. I, I he, he looks at it in a way that I think that not a lot of people look at this. Because, and I'll, I'll let him finish this because there's more, more to be t said here, so I'll let him finish. South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss could beat one of the perennial powers on any given day. If they can't, then the statement's not true at all. SEC is not very strong, but I'm willing to concede that the SEC has really good teams and that one of those lower mid-tier teams could jump up and beat out one of the top teams. Now, with that being said, when you don't play that extra game, all the records are now inflated, okay? Everybody's got a better winning record because they make sure they don't beat each other. It's like, well, look, we'll draw attention to our out-of-conference schedule. Look, tell the world we play the hardest out-of-conference schedule. Look, we're playing Texas. We're playing Oregon. We're playing Ohio State. But what you're not doing is playing each other. And when you don't play each other, you make sure no one in the conference loses. Now, when you go play out-of-conference, it's a coin flip whether you win or not, right? And hopefully they do. 
But what you're really doing is not beating anybody else in your conference. And then at the end of the year, you have something called strength of schedule. And then they start looking, well, how many bowl eligible teams did you beat? Well, we played this many bowl eligible teams because every team in your conference is bowl eligible because you didn't play each other and everybody has a winning record. Oh, well, how many ranked teams did you beat? Well, we beat this many. Well, that's because everybody has a winning record and they get votes in the preseason poll, which prepostures them to be ranked throughout the year. It's all manipulation. And unfortunately, the high school kids don't even try to look at this from that perspective. They just go, I want to go to these schools. Look at those. They're all on TV. They're all high ranked. They all got good records. These are the schools I want to go to. So they go to those schools. Now these teams are very talented. But it doesn't matter. It's a conference that refuses to play one another. And it's just a marketing ploy. And it's an ingenious one at that. But you can't really sit back and try to say, well, this is the conference, the toughest conference. No, it's the easiest conference. You want to be a part of the SEC. It's the best conference because you don't have to play each other. You just got to play each other eight times. And then you get all this extra money and you can play scrubs all day. And they'll be like, hey, man, we're going to a bowl game. Auburn, Texas A&M, nearly bowl eligible after being absolutely atrocious. You know why? Because they don't have to play each other. Because they don't have to play anybody in conference. It's just... Do eight quick games, bro. But we got four over here. You only got to win two games in conference. Two games in conference, you're bowl eligible. Please stop believing the propaganda. Please. Rico knows on TikTok. That man, Rico knows, that man is is brilliant. Um, and agree or disagree, I, I, and I'm going to use Georgia's 2023 schedule for, for the sake of the argument. Okay? Georgia's conference games, South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, that's five, Mississippi, Missis, uh, Mississippi, excuse me, Tennessee, eight games out of a 12-game schedule. They can beat Georgia Tech. Granted, another power five guy, gotcha. But they play UAB, Ball State, and UTM, University of Tennessee Martin. Those are four games right there that are absolutely winnable if all just falls apart and Georgia doesn't win but four games. Not realistic, I get it. But for the sake of the argument that Rico put out here, four games, four gimme games, four out-of-quote-quote conference games. Yes, Georgia's playing Georgia Tech in the ACC, but Georgia Tech has been garbage for years, and we know it. Um, and, and oh, it's from the uh, – uh, let's focus on the argument here. You've got those four games, and guess what? Guess what? All you got to do is win two. Georgia, all you got to do is beat, you know, Ole Miss or Tennessee or you got to beat Ole Miss, Missouri, Florida. Uh, beating two of the following teams sounds very doable, especially if you're Georgia, to be bowl eligible. South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss. Then you're bowl eligible. And you don't play that ninth game. So for the sake of South Carolina, that ninth game is the difference between six and six and seven and five, or five and seven. That's big, especially when you start to break down the math. Because six and six, you're selected as a bowl game because all the bowl people know, all the big big wigs within the bowl games know that SEC fans are going to travel. So of course, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at a, um, a South Carolina over a Memphis, and they're going to the Shreveport, Louisiana Bowl. 
right. Memphis is within the range, but still, I'm, I'm going to lean the SEC team's way because the fans travel and there's going to be more money in that. And just be careful. Be careful real quick before you start to go like, oh, well, Clemson or Clemson's playing nine games in conference. And, yes, Notre Dame is a part of the ACC, and, and I, I know the argument there, but I will count Notre Dame as an in-conference game because they're a part of the ACC. Now, officially, no. Football, no. But, it, but hey, you can make the argument for Clemson, too, because the ACC and the SEC do it as well. But you look at Clemson's out-of-conference schedule. Yeah, we're playing Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. But our other two teams that we play are Notre Dame and South Carolina. So it it's an interesting manipulation of the schedules that feeds into the cog. It's a cog in the machine of this whole thing that makes the argument that the SEC, well, the SEC, SEC, SEC. And if you know me, you know I hate that argument. You know that it just makes me, I loathe people that just live in that area. So, um, on to other things. We got to get. We got to wrap this thing up because we got just a few more minutes uh, to to close out this stuff. But um, want to get to uh, you know my Heisman top four. I think there's a lot of guys there for the Heisman Trophy. I think um, you can you can make the argument for a lot of people. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Donovan Edwards, Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Penix. Um, I, you know Michael Penix, Chandler Morris for TCU. That's uh, a long shot, and I think even a longer shot is is Cade Klubnik. So, yeah, or Will Shipley. I think there's a lot of work to be done there, Clemson fans, to even start talking that. Would I be surprised if he got invited? No, but do I think it's possible? Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I really think that. Um, and, and and honestly, as far as my my um. My Heisman Trophy winner, I, I, I'm going to go Donovan Edwards of Michigan. I think Donovan Edwards is going to have a great comeback year. I think he's going to be awesome as, as a running back for Michigan. I think it's going to be a running back's year to win it. And uh, Donovan Edwards is going to grab that Heisman Trophy. So I think he's going to be my guy. The final four, the playoff four running into the national championship, I think that's going to be interesting because there's a lot of ifs and buts and a lot of things that can fall every way. But right now I've got it set up um, – and I'm and I'm and I'm unsure about two of the teams. I'm very unsure about two of the teams that I got in my final four. Um, I think it's going to be Alabama. Well, they, I, I'm really unsure of it all. Like, just to be honest with you, I, I'm really. It, this is just a. Uh, uh, could Georgia be there? Yeah, I think a lot's got to happen for Georgia. And see, here's the thing: a lot of you guys are wanting to make the mistake of throwing dirt on Alabama. Do not do that. Because in the years that I've seen people think that Alabama's beatable have been the years that Alabama has absolutely come out and dominated. And then on the flip side of that coin, one of the biggest, baddest, most recent teams that everybody thought of, Nick Saban and the the, the Alabama crew led by Tua Tagovailoa, ended up getting their tails whipped in the national championship. So don't throw dirt on Alabama yet. I think the SEC championship could be LSU-Georgia. It could be Alabama. Georgia. I think it could be Alabama, Tennessee. I think it could be LSU, Tennessee. I, I think there's a lot that's got to happen there. But uh, but if you press me on it, I think Alabama's going to come out of that that fight shining. I think this is this is the year that two and a half teams maybe, um, two and a half teams maybe uh, could win the SEC championship. But we'll see. But right now, if you're pressing me on, I'm going to put Alabama down. 
going to have Alabama as the SEC champion. Then I've got Michigan winning the Big Ten. Could it be Ohio State? Yes, it could be Ohio State. I think that Ryan Day needs to beat Michigan for this to happen. So um, that is that's a big thing. I think um, you know it could be FSU or Clemson. I, I don't think that the champion is going to come from the ACC this year. I think it could very well be FSU or Clemson in that in that fourth spot. I think it could be Texas. Um, I think it could be Texas or um, let's see. I think it would be Texas or Southern Cal. I think Southern Cal has got a longer way to go than Texas. But uh, if you press me on it, I'm going to say Alabama, Michigan, Texas, and Clemson. In that order, I think Clemson slides in in that fourth spot. Um, if they are man- uh, man- uh, manage to get by Florida State, and, and um, they're going to have to beat Florida State twice unless the wheels fall off of Florida State. And if they beat Florida State twice – um, they deserve to be in that third or fourth spot. Maybe there's going to be a strong argument that they very well may be one of the better teams, top two teams in the nation. So there, there's that. I, I think, um, and you put it put it on me, I think I'm going to go uh, Alabama and Texas. Uh, could be Alabama, Michigan. Could be Alabama, Southern Cal. I don't think Clemson's going to make the national championship. Um, and, and I would love to eat my words. But I just think that it's going to be a very similar year that's going to fuel the fire for us to come back and, and, and keep receipts and, and make the 2024 campaign pretty memorable. So um, got uh, Donovan Edwards winning the Heisman, and Alabama's going to be my national champion. So there's that. <laughs> uh, the, what year is this? Alabama's winning another one. Do not throw dirt on uh, Nick Saban just yet because – Alabama could very well win the national championship. So, um, guys, thank y'all for listening. Listening. Uh, happy college football season. Uh, let me know if you agree or disagree with me. All the information is going to be listed below. Hey, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, you're welcome to email us, thetablepodcastsc at gmail.com, or you can leave us a live voice message at anchor.fm slash thetablepodcastsc. We'll see you next week right here at The Table.